You're listening to the Creating Your Own Path podcast, episode number 41. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jen Snyder, and as always, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can also catch a new episode each week at creatingyourownpath.com. So I have a couple of things I want to talk about today. First of all, I have a bit of a cold, so I apologize for my voice in this intro and the outro to this episode. I'm just a little bit under the weather, and uh, I sound maybe a little gross. So hopefully it's not too distracting. Secondly, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm recording this intro in the dark um, by candlelight. Uh, my power just went out at my house and, uh, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to make it work. And so I'm making it work. I record these intros in my walk-in closet, a very small walk-in closet, um, because the sound is great. The sound quality is wonderful. So I wanted to keep the sound quality wonderful, uh, but I am doing this without overhead light. And if you thought that uh, podcasting is a glamorous job, um, I mean, it is. It's I'm doing it by candlelight, which is pretty awesome. All right. So I wanted to also quickly remind you all that my latest e-course, Perfecting Your Pitch, is open for all of my business owner friends who would like to learn a little bit more about building a public relations and media outreach plan. Um, I've gained a lot of knowledge over the years working on both sides of the media industry, both the marketing and PR side and the writing, editing, and content creation side. And I just really want to share that knowledge with you. Registration does end this Sunday, May 31st. So to learn more about the course and to sign up, you can head on over to jenniferesnyder.com slash perfecting your pitch. We've already got an incredible group of business owners signed up and I would love, love, love to have you join us. All right, so let's get to today's interview. Today's show is with another Seattleite, Jenny Nelson of Magnaflora. She is the perfect example of someone who falls into the multi-passionate business owner category. She is a fine artist, professional photographer, and floral designer who has really blended all of her creative outlets together in really interesting ways. In the interview, we talk about how Jenny has been able to blend her creative pursuits together and how, more often than not, they actually inform one another. We also chat about the importance of keeping your creative tools accessible, how creativity expands when you work with limited supplies, and why we should all stop being our own worst critics. And just a quick note about the sound during the interview. We were actually sitting on Jenny's beautiful patio space for the interview, so the microphones picked up lovely sounds of wind chimes and some of the flights coming and going from SeaTac. That said, this interview is full of wisdom, and, and it's wisdom that I really needed to hear at the time, so I hope you'll find it inspiring as well. Don't let the background noise distract you from all of the good stuff, just like I didn't let a little power outage stop me from recording this intro today. All right, so let's go to the show. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? It's going really well. Thank you for inviting me into your space to do this interview. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Okay, so oftentimes I like to start right at the beginning. And so I, I want to know what you were like as a child. Uh, were you always creative? Did you grow up in a creative atmosphere? I, yeah, from the moment I discovered crayons, I, I loved coloring and then painting and drawing. And my poor mom, I, I think every day I wanted to do a new craft. And <laughs> so she always had to come up with all these different things for me to do. Um, my parents themselves, I wouldn't call them artsy. My dad plays a little bit of 
guitar and my mom's kind of crafty when it comes to uh, scissors and glue, but I think my artistic talent kind of stems down from my great aunt in Alaska. She does like these beautiful pastel portraits. I got to go visit her studio a couple of years back and it was really cool to see, oh, this is where it's kind of come from. And in elementary school, I would always find a way to turn every class assignment, even if it was mathematics or something not at all creative, I would turn it into a creative project. So I always got good presentation points. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. And then, um, yeah, then going to college, I didn't even think twice before choosing to be an art major probably till afterwards. My uh, parents have definitely always been so supportive of me in my creative endeavors, though, and tried to always give me the resources I needed, even though maybe it made them feel a little bit nervous supporting me working in a creative field that would be a little more challenging, possibly financially and less stable, as mm-hmm. a lot of parents feel for their kids. So... As I was researching for this interview, it became very clear that you are sort of like a Jill of all trades. You do mm-hmm. a lot of different things. You are a talented photographer, you're a fine artist, a floral designer. And so I'm always curious when, when there are people who do all these different things, mm-hmm. do you ever find it hard to sort of sum up what you do for a living? I mean, what do you usually tell people when they ask? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I used to wish I had a more pat answer. And now I'm actually, I think it's cool to be able to describe each of the avenues that I do and kind of paint them a picture of how it all fits together some way, somehow. And often it leads to conversations about, like, things that they love to do or wish they had more time for, creatively speaking, and I love to try to problem solve with them and help them figure out what's blocking them from doing those things, and so often I find that Um, obstacles are that people think they have to have everything set up and every possible supply and or take amazing classes but I I've found um, in my experience that it's when you have very little um, in terms of materials that that you have to have the creativity kick in and, and figure out ways to use that limited those limited supplies to create something Totally. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You kind of have to just figure it out with what you've got, almost. Oh, I love that. Okay. (laughs) When people ask me what I do these days, I like to emphasize the floral aspect, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm really, I'm just really enjoying it, and yeah, and then I think I'm finally developing my juggling skills, too, and finding a good rhythm, um, and finding ways to continue working on each area without neglecting any one avenue or overworking. Yes, yes, yes. It's great because that forces me to find balance, and that's what I feel like life is all, all about a lot of the time, is finding balance in every area. And it's, it's neat that I'm forced to fine-tune that skill through my work in order to be a successful um, business owner and have a flourishing career. So it's a fun challenge to be able to um, seek that. I love, too, when I can find crossover mm-hmm. between the photography and floral. For example, one time I did a portrait session where I made um, a big floral crown and then a back-of-the-head garland and this collar, and I took um, a friend of mine and we went out and did a portrait session, and it was just like an explosion of creativity for me because it was combining two passions and... Um, I want to find a way to sort of do more of that where 
where I could create um, floral pieces for the client, and then we could go out and explore and find great backdrops and give them beautiful images of themselves and also allow me to play with flowers and work yeah. with what's seasonal. So. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> I love I love seeing photos like that too. So I, I think it would be really cool visually. And so what about your background, like school and work? I know you mentioned that you had no qualms just kind of diving into that art major. So <laughs> how did you get to this point where you are now with, with all of your different creative outlets? Well, I think the first time I really was um, really immersed in art, fine art, was at George Fox University where I went to college, and I um, my focus there was watercolor, and it was a really great school. I just did an alumni show there last fall and brought down like 18 or so pieces and showed them with another alumni student, and it was just really cool to see um, my old professors and I, it just filled me with such thankfulness for the experience I had at that school. And and then I came home from college and worked a year, and then I just had this hankering to move to France. Um, well, because who doesn't? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I went um, and lived in Nice, and it was going to be for a year. I went, I had a connection to a small church in Nice. So I went to go give them a hand and help out whatever ways I could. And I went on a student visa, so I was learning French the whole time. And then um, I did a lot of art there. So I think being surrounded by so much beauty from the landscape to the architecture to just the growers market along the streets in France or the people and their way of life and the culture there which I really miss all of that like fed my creativity like crazy and when I was there I also lived on a very tight budget just being out of school and so like I said earlier having limited supplies forced me to get really creative in order to decorate my apartment and because mm-hmm. I love creating a beautiful space I love interior design too and so that was important to me and um so I think that started the process of um just kicking my 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 creative flow into gear and but still I didn't really touch any sort of paint or like fine art material until like two years into living there I was just walking through a little neighborhood kind of exploring a a part of Nice that I hadn't seen yet, and I happened upon this art store run by this husband and wife, and they were these quirky artists, and the place was just filled with art supplies and every single medium, and I think the smell just took me back to when I was in the work studio, and and I, (laughs) I'm not a big crier, but I actually burst into tears, (sighs) because it just, it real, I didn't realize how much I missed art, and so I was like, okay, now it's time to really yeah, get Yeah, that's not a sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So I bought some paint and brushes, and then still the canvases there were just really pricey for whatever reason. So um, in France, they often throw out their old antiques and what stuff you would find in an antique store over here in the States. Um, they would just throw it into the, the street, and so a lot of times I painted on like beautiful windows or doors, and that always gave me a jump start for my for what I was gonna do with that particular piece of art. So okay, yeah, that just led to like an an explosion again of just creating mixed a whole bunch of mixed media work, and 
um, just cranked out art piece after art piece, and then I um, curated a couple shows, a couple art shows with um, both times they were with French women who didn't consider themselves artists, mm -hmm. and um, but I took what I had and they brought what they had and we put together this show and they were just blown away by the feedback that they got from people coming to the show. Um, so that was a really neat experience too. Yeah, it's interesting when people don't see themselves mm -hmm. as artists. Yeah. And sometimes that's what it takes is to get the feedback from, from the viewer. Yes. You know, so that's really interesting. Yeah. And so what about, so that was in France, so then mm -hmm. you, you come back to the States. Yeah. And then what? So I came home and um, I immediately got a job on Whidbey Island at this beautiful restaurant called the Inn at Langley. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the best kept secrets of the Northwest, I think, because the chef there is just, he's a total creative genius and an artist himself as far as food goes. And his name's Matt Costello. So I worked with him for three years and... That fed a lot of my creativity, too. I did some photography when I was there. A friend of mine emailed me while I was just finishing up living in France and about ready to move back and asked if I would photograph her wedding. Uh -huh. And um, I was like, no, I'm not a photographer. You're, why would you ask me to photograph that? And she said, well, when we, we traveled through Paris together, and she said, you have such a creative eye, and I think you can do it. Just what do you, what do you say? And so I took like two months to think about it and then I finally got back to her and said okay I'll I'll give it a try but no guarantees that these are going to be right. <laughs> amazing photos well that's so, what she took a, a, yeah. big, a big risk the wedding she did. wedding is an yeah. important thing to capture so. totally um but that's the lighting great. was great I was kind of trying to figure out my camera as I went I borrowed a camera from someone and it actually worked out and she loved the photos I mean looking back of course I would change a lot, but yeah. um, everything was in my favor, I think, as far as the lighting goes. And um, So that, even though it was stressful while I was shooting the wedding, um, trying to figure it out as I went, I um, still really enjoyed it, and so I thought I would give photography a, a try after that. So I think it's kind of been a job on the side and then more full-time. So then you said the floral arrangements have kind of just come on in the last yeah. couple of years. So what made you decide to kind of jump into that? Because it is, it's a, it's another creative outlet, but it's, yeah. it's very different from photography, obviously, and, and fine art. So right. what, think, what prompted that? I think I was really missing hands-on mm -hmm. work. Photography is, you know, the camera, you're pushing a button. There's creativity, of course, looking through the lens, but sure. um, there's a lot of screen time afterwards with mm -hmm. photo editing, so I was really missing, that was just kind of wearing me down, I would say, and I was really missing working with my hands. So I found out about this floral design school, and I just, I don't even know how the thought of flowers came, but I was like, I've always kind of liked flowers, why not? And... Um, so I went to Portland for a month and went to the Floral Design Institute. Wow. I didn't even know there was a Floral yeah. Design Institute. Yeah, they okay. have like a, a month-long intensive program where you can get your certification. Okay, okay. So I went to that, and it was really fun. Um, Style-wise, it wasn't quite my <laughs> jam, but 
Um, I think that, if anything, it just fueled my excitement to get out there and, and start using materials that I was choosing, like what's seasonal or beautiful garden roses and whatnot. Um, and, and also it was very much the like classic American style where everything's very symmetrical and uh -huh. like, you know, perfectly arrayed baby's breath or yes. red roses with baby's breath filling it. So, um, you were ready to like break out of yeah. that and like try your hand at some other things. <laughs> yeah, I just busted loose after that. So, and <laughs> but I think I, that's good. <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, you know, a lot, in a lot of creative industries, you kind of need to know the rules first Yes, and then you can go ahead and break out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. It taught me the mechanics. It taught me technique and, um, it gave me confidence to just feel like I knew what I was doing and, um, came back to Seattle and I think every flower shop in Seattle got my resume <laughs> and it seemed like no one was hiring. So I ended up, um, adding it to my business, the, the photography business that I had been trying to get going full time. And I already had chosen the name Magna Flora before even thinking of flowers. So that was kind of funny. I remember though, when I introduced myself at floral design school, I said, I'm Jenny, and um, I would love to just learn these skills and then work in a shop. And I, I don't want to be a business owner. I don't want to <laughs> be a designer. And um, I think towards the end of school, I was making this bridal bouquet for this mock wedding we were doing as a group. And one of the girls in my group looked at me and was like, you, you need to be a designer. And I was like, no, I'm trying to avoid this. Right. I think I've it's always seemed like such a mountain of paperwork and it seemed so daunting to me that it kept me from wanting to have my own business. But in the end, you just kind of, once you meet with experts and they break it down for you, it seems a lot more doable. So. Absolutely. It's so important <laughs> to build even a team of people, even if they're mm -hmm. just the CPA that exactly <laughs> has yeah. an office down the road or something. Um, that's, that's something I... I've learned over the years too, is that mm -hmm. it's so great to have people you can just call up and say, am I doing this right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> can you explain that one more time in my, in my language? language? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so you also work part-time at a restaurant here in Seattle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So talk to me about London Plain because I, that place is Instagram like nobody's business. I know. So. It really is. <laughs> um, well, actually Catherine Anderson, she owns Mary Golden Mint. Mm -hmm. Um, it's in the Melrose Market on Capitol Hill. Okay. It's a really cute little flower shop, and she has a farm as well. And so I, before going to school, I went there and was like, oh, I just, I love her aesthetic. I totally connect with what she does. And um, asked if they were hiring, and they weren't. Um, and then I went back and said, here's my updated resume with my new certification. She ended up hiring me because of my photography and art background so oh, I didn't even really need the certification except for just my own self but um she I finally I kept just kept being persistent and she finally um ha sat me down for an interview and told me about this new place called the London Plain that was going to open well during our interview she took me over to the space as it was being constructed and, oh okay and just Seeing it made me even more want to be part of that team, and I work with another 
florist called named Brita, and she's amazing too. So I kept having to hound her though, because they were busy with all the permits of opening London Plain, and finally she said, "Yeah, we want we want you. Sorry, I hope you're still interested." <laughs> like, right. Of course, I'm still interested. So I work there part time, and um, if we have events, I come in and help with those. Oh, cool. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so you obviously, as we've just covered, you have your hands in a lot of different projects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you have a first love when it comes to your various creative outlets, or does it change day to day? Do you have one that kind of rises to the top some days and, right. you know, vice versa on other days? Um, I'd say, I think painting and the visual arts, I, you know, I've been doing that for as long as I can remember, and I would love for that, of course, to continue my whole life, and I, I try to be disciplined about making room for it. Um, the key I found is to always designate a space for that, even if it's small. Just having my art supplies accessible to use right away when the creativity comes, it makes all the difference. So I hope that that'll always be a place that I keep. And then, um, it's funny, but even though it's new for me, I almost feel like flowers fall into that category just because Mm -hmm. in a way I feel like I could have, I should have been doing it all along, not in a regretful way, but just that it just feels so right. Like I'm like, Oh, I finally found this thing that that clicks that totally clicks. Okay. That's a good feeling though. I think. Yeah. Okay. And so let's talk about the creative process a little bit because it Mm -hmm. is different for, I'm assuming it's different for each, each of your creative outlets. So sure. With photography and floral design, I would guess that you usually have a client in mind and maybe, you know, I don't know about the artwork part of it. So do Mm -hmm. you usually create for clients or is it for yourself or for a show or what's the different process for for each of those? I think definitely, like you say, artwork is its own thing for me and I honestly don't even think of the client. I think it helps me to not think like, where is this artwork going to go or am I going to sell it? If I'm just painting what is in me and needs to come out and be expressed, then that's when I make the most authentic and best work. And, um, I, when I do art, I just try to make work that I think is beautiful and that I would want to hang up. So I think that's a good (laughs) indicator though. (laughs) And I'm often inspired by a particular color palette and use that as my springboard. Um, just kind of notice throughout the day different tones or even again in, in my floral work I'll I'll make a bouquet and be like oh I really want to paint something like that oh um, so they inform each other that's kind of cool yeah I like that actually for that alumni show um I took each painting was inspired by a certain flower or plant and um I tried to paint as abstract as possible and just play with the paint, which is hard for me because I tend to be very precise. I had to really let go, and and that's one that's one thing that helped me was to just kind of think of the color palette as my guide. I like that. But yeah, ph- photography and floral definitely more re- um, revolving around the client and what they're envisioning. I love, you know, working with them and helping taking something that they love and and give them an even more beautiful, stunning product than they would have planned on. But still, I think the ideal clients, of course, are the ones who just come to me and, and they love my particular style and say, you're the artist, just come up with something that inspires you. Yeah, that's always <laughs> nice. A lot of freedom of there. Yeah, yeah. And so do you have 
clients who who kind of come to you and with like a Pinterest board or something and say, I want mm -hmm. execute this. I mean, do you have, I'm sure it's a spectrum, right? You have those people who say, Definitely. Um, you know, do your best work and, and they just let you be almost. Yeah. And then you probably have clients who have very specific ideas in mind. Yeah. I think, um, Pinterest is, it's been a very helpful tool for sure, but you do get, I, I've had to tell so many brides, like, peonies are not in season um, mm -hmm. outside of this short time frame. Right. So that's um, always a challenge. But you can find different ways to sort of capture that look that they're going for. Right. Um, and I think most people really want seasonal, like, because that is what's in abundance. And it's been amazing to see what an abundance we have of growers in the area. Oh, and cool. Yeah, they're just so close by, and they're so passionate, and there's a Seattle's Growers Market nearby that um, they they bring their product to directly, and so you oh, get to cool. actually talk to them, and it's an amazing experience to get to know them and work directly with them. Right. You know, you talked about how your work sort of in, informs, you know, mm -hmm. itself, so mm -hmm. the floral sometimes informs the paintings and the photography, and so... I'm curious, when you are, let's just say, in a creative funk, like you, it's just not coming to you. Whatever you need to execute, it's just not happening. Yeah. What do you usually do to kind of get out of that funk? Do you have a, a, a thing that you do to kind of help yourself through that process? Yeah, um, well, I have a couple thoughts. I think I used to wait till I was inspired and really motivated, and I think the further I go, the more I realize that I can't wait for that. And, mm -hmm. um, cause what ends up happening is I don't, I don't do much of anything. So it's more for me about just showing up and being diligent to do the work at hand. And I think I've always found that when I'm doing something creative, that's when the, the ideas come. So oh, okay. if I'm not doing anything, I'm not necessarily going to be inspired. Um, sometimes, but there's a, a really good quote by Francois Delsart, one of the founders of modern dance, and he said, to depend entirely upon inspira inspiration is as bad as waiting for a shipwreck to learn how to swim. <laughs> that's a great quote. And that's, yeah, it's helpful. It um, is. I think, like every other field, the work requires discipline and consistency and regularity and just showing up. Though I would say I'm not naturally good at those things, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> I I can relate to that. Um, I definitely feel like, and I I can't agree with you more, that um, I find that some of my best ideas either come while I'm in the middle of maybe another project, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm showing up and doing the work on another project, and then I have to like write something down real quick for another project. Yes. And, it, you know, so that I can return to it later and kind of brainstorm on that. Mm -hmm. Or when I'm out in nature. That's yes. another place for some reason when yeah. ideas pop into my head. So Which those are my two things. Which get landlocked mm -hmm. or just stay inside and mm -hmm. not push totally. yourself to go out and see what, what inspires you. I think for me going to art galleries, which I don't do often enough, that always is like visual fuel for me. Um, feeding off of these amazing works and images. And then it reminds me that these people are out, are doing art, and what am I doing? So, right, right. And then another thing that always, for whatever reason, inspires me is when I'm cultivating the relationships in my life, whether it's an old friend or 
someone I'm just getting to know, and I really, like, I love spending time with people, especially one-on-one, and um, so if I'm out to lunch or coffee or on a walk, I'll always want to race home and get to my studio and just paint. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's the thing that makes me feel reconnected and, you know, reminds me of perspective, brings me perspective again, Mm -hmm. and so it's just, for whatever reason, something that inspires me. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. As I take these road trips, I'm asking people about the city in which they live. Mm -hmm. So you've been to France, you've kind of been all over the place, and so why Seattle? What made you come here and settle here and want to create here? Yeah, well, I, I would say when I was in France that I was so homesick because I missed family and friends. Mm-hmm. I still loved it there but um, and made some great friends there. But um, I think definitely the thing that anchors me to Seattle is the community that I have and some of my friends I've had for since childhood for over 25 years. So I like to be as near, you know, everyone seems to be moving and picking up and going everywhere else, but I just, I want to just stay put, you know? Yeah, no, but that's, I think that's nice. It's nice to hear that if, if you're anchored somewhere and mm-hmm. it feels like home, then, yeah, then that's great. I feel like that's a good, a good feeling to have. Yeah. Okay. And then it's amazing too, to be in such a creative city, um, with this ever growing and changing art scene and great music. And I think that there is a lot of room for entrepreneurship mm-hmm. here and, and then, yeah, like you said, it's just beautiful with the mountains, mountain ranges to the east and to the west, and, um, right, the challenge is getting out there and actually enjoying it. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. And then, yeah, now being in the floral world, I've, I'm also learning how many gorgeous flowers and plants are grown locally, and it's a great pr- privilege to get to work directly with the growers themselves and inter- interact with them at the Seattle Growers Market, and that's an amazing resource that a lot of other people in floral design don't have in other cities and towns, just having such an abundant amount of product there so readily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious if you had like one bit of advice that you could share with somebody who maybe wanted to get into a creative field uh-huh. or they're already in a creative field, but you know, yeah. they could still use a little bit of advice. <laughs> um, what would that advice be? Yeah, I think it's, it's not easy. And, I think that needs to be understood for sure, but I think it's worth it. And um, you might have to choose, especially in the developing beginning stages between a steady paycheck versus more of a feast and famine pattern. Um, I think for a long time I, I wished I didn't always have to have a day job to support my business, but now I find that it's a great freedom and... If you can find that particular job, I'd say that doesn't drain you too much and doesn't eat up a lot of your time. Um, it can just provide that base, just income. But even if it's not a lot, it's consistent. And then that puts less pressure on you to, you know, chase down that client for their deposit or whatnot. Right, right. Um, and I think for me at London Plain, um, I think a day job can really fuel your creativity in a lot of ways, and especially if you're doing something that does require a lot of solo work, it gives you a social outlet, of course, and and just gives you almost material to feed your creativity with, and 
I mean, I'm very fortunate, I realize, because my job at London Plain is also in the same field, and um, I've been able to learn a lot about the business through that. So it's the perfect complimentary job. I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't. it isn't always hard, but I think the day job thing can be what makes it possible. Yeah, I've actually heard that quite often um, as I'm interviewing people. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we talked about, I've interviewed people who have, uh, you know, nine to five full-time day jobs and they just do stuff on the side and some people it's part-time and some people they go full on into their creative careers. But um, I mean, I can attest to the fact that there are are days when I, I go to Craigslist and I think, man, to get a steady paycheck again would be so amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to fuel some of the creative things that I want to be doing so that I'm not just relying on, yeah. like you said, client work or whatever the case may be to, um, to fuel whatever my passion projects are. Right. So I think you're, you're onto something with that. It's that there's something so freeing about not worrying about where that, yeah. the money to pay the bills is going to come from, you know, where that's going to come from. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm all for it, as far as, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's a great idea, so that's great advice. Um, I think the last thing I would say is stop stop being your own worst critic and just you know get outside of yourself and understand the value that you, as a person, who you were made to be, that what you can bring into the world. And everybody has different tastes out there, so don't take it personally if someone doesn't understand or connect with your work. Um, you just have to focus on the people who do. Uh. Great advice. We're almost out of time here, so where online can people find more about your work? Um, on my website, magnaflora.com. Um, under the blog section is what I'm up to most recently. Or I'm also on Instagram at Jenny L. Nelson. Okay. Well, thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks. That was Jenny, you guys. As she mentioned, you can find out more about her work at magnaflora.com. I've linked up to all of the resources mentioned today over at creatingyourownpath.com. And if you want to show us how and where you listen to the show, you can always snap a picture and share it with us on Instagram. You can find Jenny at Jenny L. Nelson, and you can find me at Jennifer E. Snyder. Just remember to use the hashtag CYOP where I listen. And don't forget, if you are a small business owner who wants to learn more about reaching out to bloggers, podcasters, TV news media, and traditional print publications, come check out Perfecting Your Pitch. Just head over to jenniferesnider.com slash perfectingyourpitch for all of the details. Thanks for listening, you guys, and I'll catch you next time.